right here, right now. Welcome to the podcast with your hosts, Katie and Moni. Get ready to share a laugh and be amused. It's time to tell our stories right here, right now. Hey, Katie. Hey, Monica. What's up? Oh, not much. How are you today? I'm good. You know, just being weird. <laughs> yeah. It's normal for you. It is. I feel like I sound weird because I'm getting over like a virus kind of a thing I suffered with over the weekend. Suffered. It's hot outside and I have a cold and I'm all like confused. Who am I? Where do I, where do I go with that? You, know? you go in and out of your blanket at night and you struggle. Oh, man. The struggle is real. Oh. <laughs> Dang, the blanket struggle. Yeah. You have but, to get you know, the fan at the right oscillation. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Turn it. Turn it. Oh, good. It's turning itself. Yeah. Perfect. I'm sorry that you had to suffer with that, but at least in that time, you were able to take a moment to catch up with our book of the month, which we're closing out with of August's read was Mutant Message Down Under. That's right. From Marlo was. Morgan. Yes. Our awesome story of... A fictional story. Yeah, she does present it like nonfiction, but it is indeed a fictional story of a gal, a physician, holistic physician who moves from America to Australia and accidentally embarks on a multiple month walkabout with the Aborigines through the outback of Australia, clearly. (laughs) And in that experience, which she was not expecting nor planning, she learned all sorts of things about deeper web of connection, of telepathy, of super healing. Yes. A lot of big, a lot of bigness. Yeah. Um, And the book, I will say, is written in a way that really is so captivating and you the way she writes it seems like such a real account that when you come to the end and realize that in the tiniest lettering in the corner of the back of the book, it says fictional, you feel a little let down. Yes. But that doesn't take from the validity of this uh, messages that she Mm -hmm. has in this book, which as Monica was saying, totally about human connection. And I think something she says in the beginning, which is important to think any book you read, fictional or non-fictional, is this is just an offering, and I can swallow what I'd like out of this sip from this cup, and I can spit out what I don't like. And I believe she's the one who says that in the beginning. So she kind of prefaces to the idea that not everybody's going to buy this whole shebang, and you don't have to. You can be an adult and pick what you'd like and let resonate with you what feels right. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to jump right in with that in mind. I am going to, unless, I hope I don't sound weird. <laughs> unless well, I sound weird. always sound weird. In which case, you should just turn the podcast off because I'm not going <laughs> to, it's not going to just go to the Monica show. So I'm going to read from the book. <laughs> Katie sounds weird. We decided to let her go. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's uh, actually just put her and Monty now. Yeah. So... Just to read real quick from the book, she's talking about, this is big deal, guys, she's talking about mental telepathy right now. Um, And she claims that the Aborigines are constantly using telepathy um, to the point of communicating with the man who's 15 miles away and making preparation for his arrival to the tribe. Not going to give away too many details because y'all should totally read it if you haven't already. But here we go. Mental telepathy was something I sensed the people back home would find difficult to believe. They could easily accept that humans around the world were cruel to each other, 
but would be reluctant to believe there were people on earth who were not racist, who lived together in total support and harmony, who discover their own unique talent and honor it, as well as honor everyone else. And I think that is just the most beautiful passage. And Mm -hmm. it is so funny to me that there are some things that as in our society, we look at and say, oh, no, there's no way that's real. And it's like this beautiful concept that, you know, maybe something that other people have faith in Mm -hmm. or something like telepathy. Perhaps it's not provable or measurable scientifically, but it doesn't necessarily take away any of its felt validity it's probability exactly and if we're going to tell ourselves no to those beautiful concepts yet we're going to be okay with unjust treatment and you know all the crazy Mm -hmm. cruelty there is in the world that's a pretty big paradox that i'm just not willing to swallow therefore my woo window is open remains open to possibility and that is indeed the only way it can get in yes as if it's open that's right if you shut down the belief and believe you can't hear, then I think it's done. You're done. Your ears are done. She mentions in there, too, I think, something about it being like a consensual thing. Like, I have no secrets. I, as this Aboriginal tribes person, I don't have any lies to tell you. I have no reason to be greedy with my portion of anything that the earth has offered me. They have this very abundant approach to what the universe will provide their tribe. And there's never any squabble about Mm -hmm. what's what or who's going to get it or, or even if it's going to show up. Exactly. They say if it's good for the, for the people it's, it will be. Mm -hmm. And if it's good for the world, it will be Mm -hmm. putting plants and animals just as high in that spectrum as themselves but she mentions that uh the reason they're able to communicate is because there there is no right barriers there is no like hidden truth like i don't want them to know that i have the secret bar of chocolate in my bag so i'm not going to tell them and i'm going to keep this barrier up (laughs) wait uh, do you have a secret bar of chocolate (laughs) in your bag i knew you have you been holding out this whole time (laughs) bitch I was just like, don't let her know about the chocolate. Don't let her know. Mind block, mind block. Your mental telepathy block totally worked. I had no idea. But when we're open to it, Katie might have been like, man, I could really use some chocolate. I feel like Mm -hmm. there's some chocolate around. And I'd be like, oh, she totally knows I wanted to share this chocolate with her. I've been waiting until the end. I'm going to whip it out. Uh And here it is. It can really be amazing if you are open to that potential of shared information without using your senses. That's, I think, the definition of telepathy. So the sixth sense, it's that Mm -hmm. communication that you just know happens. And we don't need to have proof that it happens. We tried to Google the proof. There is like a tiny hint of proof, but it's kind of far-fetched and really hard to explain. Yes. Scientific stuff. But we were we were thinking of our own proof. We I was thinking about the way that I communicate with Winnie the Poodle and my my who is my pet, and a lot of listeners who have pets can probably relate to this thought, which is 
that our pets are there to love us. They have nothing to hide from us. They want nothing but affection to give and receive. And most of the time, we feel that way towards our pets also. We're not hiding anything from them. Mm -hmm. Maybe the treat in the fridge, but they know it's there. There's no secret there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm eating the steak, and no, you can't have it. Exactly. But I think Winnie, at times, and this might sound real crazy to people who possibly probably don't have their own animals to compare relations with, but I think she lets me know things without obviously language and may not necessarily senses either, but there's this knowing that mm-hmm. of a communication of like she had this little um scab blip on her skin earlier and she came and stood right at the right spot, moved to where I'd find it. I know it. And I found it because I was working. I was distracted. And yet she put right there her little rear so that I would feel on the side haunch this little <laughs> scabness. Anyway, she wanted to let me know I was open to it. That's right. We got it taken care of. Yes, we have pet telepathy. And my cats do that all the time. They come to me and they'll put me right where their little sticker burr is stuck in their fur. Mm-hmm. So that happens mm-hmm. all the time. And when I was sick this last week, um, I mean, I often have a cat near me if I'm reclining if I'm in a recumbent position there's normally a cat around to get some scratches but they were both I felt like really close to me for the majority of the time that I was laying around feeling bad and they never come and like get on me at the middle of the night they'll sleep like at the foot of the bed but they typically leave me alone I bet if Kyle heard this he'd be like that's a fucking lie they do that all the time what are you talking about but um why one of my cats came and just sat right down on me while I was sleeping and while I was trying to sleep in one of those hot cold and mm. she just started purring and it was three in the morning and it was like the healing I needed. It mm. was amazing. Therapy blanket. Yes. So that's a form of communication. Maybe that's with senses. I don't care. I don't know. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We don't it's not scientific, or maybe it is, but either way. Um and speaking of scientific with cats. Yes. Um just drop in some cat foe here. Cat foe. <laughs> Cats, uh, when they jump off of tall objects, they're actually putting tiny fractures in their bones of their legs. And their purr is at the same frequency that bones heal. And so through purring, they heal their own bones. And so having a cat in your lap often can make your bones slightly more dense. I think I'm not making that part up. But also can help healing, can help the healing of the bones. So boom. That is. For the cat people. Cat. a win. Crazy cat knowledge. Yeah. Crazy cat knowledge. What? I know. Tell you. They can heal your bones. That's what they say. Yeah. What? Love it. That's some serious woo-woo kitty magic. That is woo-woo kitty magic for sure. I love thinking that that's possible. Me too. You, you really have to listen to your heart. You got to listen to your inner tuition mm-hmm. on whether or not you think those your things are what? real. Your inner what? Wait, what? Yeah, I know. It could have sounded like I said intuition, but no, you heard right. Inner tuition. We commonly, we know the common meaning of the word intuition is something inside, known, like a gut feeling, not necessarily scientific or measured. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's intuition. Maybe that's the sixth sense. Perhaps that's intuition, the name. Intuition, that's right. Yeah. But um, 
I was curious reading recently about that word and thinking how sacred of a word, intuition, and yet the biggest bulk of the word is the word tuition, which is something that your college experience creates um, debt from. Great. Great. Awesome. So that's inside of me. Super. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to trust that. So um, I looked up the the word origin of tuition, curiosity, because it's really healthy. Um, Found out that it means watch, guard, or care. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thinking it might go back to like a boarding school um, time frame where you'd pay tuition and send your sure, kid off yeah. and they'd watch over them. And they're like watching over your mind. They're like taking you in your little fragile 18 year old state and guiding you through and yeah. helping you, you know, grow. They're trading money for mind care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot Either of way. money. Yeah. Yeah. For a questionable amount of mind care. Exactly. But that guard, that inner guard, um, is so important to be discerning of, again, back to Marlo Morgan's quote, what you decide to swallow and what you decide to spit back out and say, Mm -hmm. this is not for me. So I think it's so important to cultivate that inner, inner tuition to invest, uh, that mindfulness in yourself and, and to go back to those inner stinks (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a gut problem (laughs) definitely (laughs) intuition the sixth sense so maybe it's just by shared intuition that we have telepathy yeah we both have the same like like the group mind and improv you're sharing that same intuition on what would be fun and like mm-hmm. what sh- path should we follow or the group mind in band practice you know yeah. when the guys go off on their riffs together mm-hmm. that's maybe the group intuition that is the telepathy yeah. i think we've just yeah. proven yeah like they're all the hearing thing. the song at the same time that hasn't been created yet the band analogy really works for me because that i've seen happen and luke's here with the band and they're practicing and it's really mind blowing how they are like, let's just play off this one thing that I played at home by myself on my guitar, whatever. <laughs> and then they're like, oh yeah, they sound that. And then, oh yeah, Luke's got his drums. And then before you know it, they've been playing this from this one tiny riff. They've riffed off that and created three to five minutes of amazing synergistic vibrations through their crazy instruments mm-hmm. that they've all mastered and it's fucking incredible that is so cool i'm and also telepathy you're I was, right i was just thinking like what else what other group things could that be and it made me think of like dancing but then it also made me think of like going to a, con- a country dance hall and watching all the different mm-hmm. couples dancing with each other but if you were to look at the bird's eye view it almost be like they were all choreographed couples together yes you know i think that's kind of that same yep that's so neat oh it is so cool also though with the dance hall you have your music so maybe Mm -hmm. that really is the core of our i mean it's telepathy share it's like opens the vibration channel like you know when you hear music or if you're if you're in a bad mood and you put on a really great song that has the power to shift your mood Mm -hmm. so it it must transpose some part of our brain that is attached to where we're stuck music can like hack you and sneak around that guard and say 
fuck you, I'm in. Hey. <laughs> and she's going to start dancing and singing, and you're not going to be able to stop her, even though you're really grumpy. <laughs> Nothing you do is going to stop this. And look, her friends are over there. They also like this song. Now they're going to start partying, and she's going to forget all about you, you stupid little guard. That's music. <laughs> <laughs> stupid little guard. Get out of here. Kick it to the curb. Yeah, that's what I feel like oh, is happening. so good. Up there. Music is so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. Love it. Um, and talking about powerful things, we are into the mind hack. We want to talk about our next book of the month club. And just if you yes. haven't read Mutant Message Down Under, go get that book. Tell us your thoughts. Um, we'd love to know what you took from it. Mm-hmm. And next month, mm-hmm. we're going to take off with Brene Brown's um, Daring Greatly. Brene Brown is an amazing human. You can learn about her at your leisure. We could do a whole podcast or five on her, but for now, just know we're going to read Daring Greatly in September. It will be fabulous. I started it at the beginning of this year and it was really inspiring, but due to some, you know, beginning of the year excitement, Mm -hmm. I lacked time and dedication to continue reading it. But one of the things I pulled and I have on my computer still is to remind me how to show up in my life and that I want to put myself out there and regardless of the vulnerability that that contains and if you know anything about Brene Brown you know that is her wheelhouse is vulnerability shame and so quit being ashamed of this potential expectation of your life your writing your whatever your only thing to remember is I have the courage to show up and let myself be seen. That's right. And that's what brings us back to these microphones for the 32nd time today. Exactly. Is having that courage to be vulnerable, to put it out there in its imperfect state mm-hmm. after some fabulous editing by Monica. <laughs> Just she like, makes you know, sound good. wind chimes and do to doots and right. stuff like that. But um, yeah, you know, just being vulnerable doing it we're gonna work on that next month yes so we're excited Mm -hmm. about and we're gonna practice it right now we sure are (laughs) because we're vulnerable each week when we sit down with these prompts that we've not read before we're gonna set a timer and hope for the best we give each other permission to go over by 30 seconds to two minutes but we really try to keep it in a quickness so that there's not a lot of overthinking and Mm -hmm. that takes practice it really has changed the way that I approach other tasks and I think I've already said that before but it's working practicing weekly on something trying trying again always trying again is really powerful in the rewiring of our brains to recondition the way that we think about trying and trying again after failure or supposed failure whatever the fuck that means Mm -hmm. anyway I kind of get geeked out about it no way (laughs) I don't buy it But that's why we're doing it every single week because we do get geeked out by it. And it has brought out unusual, you know, there have been times that we're writing and like one of us is, oh, this is just so not working right now and getting frustrated with your pen and paper. It's like if you're going to be frustrated over this silly story, you need to maybe check some stuff because the story really doesn't matter that much. Exactly. I mean, we're putting it out there forever on the interwebs, but 
You could too. It really doesn't matter that much. It still doesn't matter that much. Even though that is the stake that we've created, it really still doesn't matter that much. Yeah. So just to always remind ourselves of that as we approach this exercise with fierce geekiness. That's right. And today we're going to do something brand new with this exercise. We went to the Googles and found ourselves some new prompts using springhole.net, a prompt generator. So we're going to start out with a basic character, just a couple of details, and you can, in whatever way you want, develop that character in the first three minutes of your story writing. Um, press pause during that time on your podcast. You will hear this noise to know to go ahead and hurry up with the pause button. And then we're going to give you two of their random story prompts. So just expect some super wacky, goofy thing to throw in your story. Total of 10 minutes writing time. It's all it takes for this fun, vulnerable, exciting writing exercise. Wow. So we'll get ready with the first prompt, which is, again, as Katie said, about a character. A quiet, funny-looking boy with a great sense of direction. There you go. And for your second prompt, we're back with an old grudge. And for our final prompt, we have a secret passage. Well, that got weird. We both just said. Yeah. The secret passage really just threw me. That was fun. (laughs) It really did. That was an interesting group. Yeah, it sure was. (laughs) I liked it, though. Thanks, online prompts. Fun and new. Yeah. All right. Here we go with my rendition. Yay. We pulled up to the gas station trying to fold the map into a reasonable size so we could take it inside. God, I hope someone knew English in here. Our cell service went out about an hour outside of Chiang Mai. Once inside, we held the map up and said to the guy at the register, Directions? Do you speak English? He didn't, but clearly understood as he called out into the back, and a young, funny-looking boy appeared in the doorway. He was perhaps 10 or 12, but had a demeanor of someone much older. We told him our destination, Thailand Trails of Adventure, and he immediately circled the location on the map and highlighted the route in no time, stopping only to explain the recent road closures that had gotten us so off track in the first place. Wow, he had a great sense of direction, Mitch said, as we loaded back up in the rental. Honeymoon phase four continues, he exclaimed as he reached for my hand. I swallowed my pride at that moment, you know, asking you to pull over. I was sure I could get us where we were going without stopping to ask. I still have that old grudge of being too attached to the maps on my phone. I swear, we're getting the dumber... And we're getting dumber and dumber the smarter this technology gets, I said as I tossed my phone into my bag. I popped in a CD and started humming along, looking out at the green of the mountains we were passing. Suddenly, the car swerved, and the trees seemed to jump out at us. There was a rush of citrus in my nose. Everything blipped, like the universe blinked or something. Then we were back on the road as if nothing ever happened. Uh, what the fuck was that? I screeched, unsure if I should be terrified at the experience or thrilled to be alive. What? said Mitch. Are you kidding me? 
You didn't feel that? I asked, exasperated. Surely I hadn't imagined it. I noticed the map in my lap felt hot, almost electrified. The tie that had written, that had named the roads just moments before was now all written in English. I looked down at the road we were driving on, and it read, The Secret Passage. Cool! I liked that story a lot. Oh, yay! I'm glad. That was really fun to write. I will admit we went over, I went over, uh, requested a few 30 seconds on each prompt. Yeah, and that's acceptable. Yeah, I want to keep writing this one. It's like one of the ones where I was like, I can't. My hand hurt. I was writing so fast. I really liked that. You did a really good job, friend. Thanks. Yay. Okay, well, let me share and see what came out. My old neighbor was a quiet, funny-looking boy. Well, let me rephrase. Let me start over. He wasn't old (laughs) like in age. I mean, this was a long time ago. My first neighbor, my old friend, childhood friend, (laughs) I mean... He was my age a long time ago. I, I, Tommy, it's okay. Why don't you take a breath and start over? Miss Fairchild always knew how to press reset. Even if our speech was bombing, she'd give us a chance to try again. That is, unless you were Jordan Bluff. (laughs) Mrs. Fairchild had some old grudge against Jordan that no one really knew for sure, but there were rumors that Jordan's mom had stolen Miss Fairchild's shot at Homecoming Queen back when they were in high school together. Mm. But that didn't make sense to me. Miss Fairchild was always so fair. Would she really hold a silly grudge from so long ago? And on Jordan, who had nothing to do with it? I was pulled out of my inner soap opera dialogue when Tommy slid back into his seat next to me. The story was so dumb. (laughs) He muttered. Who cares about a dumb kid with good directions? He scoffed and slouched in his chair. It was my turn to read my past story. This was my favorite class, historical speech. I had been excited to tell the class about the time I visited the White House and ended up in a secret passage when I took a wrong turn in the super fancy presidential bathroom. I remembered it so vividly. I put my hands under the auto dryer and whoosh, the floor sucked (laughs) out from under me and down I slid into the secret chamber i like secret passageway stories yeah (laughs) you really had to be creative there how are they getting to a secret passage what's happening here yeah anyway well that was fun fun. thanks for sharing your story yeah thanks for sharing your story and thanks for sharing your story feel free to email it to us so we can get a kick out of it too let us know if you want to share it with everyone else we would be happy to do that reading your story on the next episode but if you prefer to remain anonymous that is always great too we love anonymous stories yes we do they've been fun to read for sure Um, and also please do rate us review us tell your friends about us yeah subscribe and share the love right here right now bye bye right here right now